to Inner Bloom, a podcast about how to live a happier, healthier, more harmonious life as you learn how to work with the universe, reconnect with your intuition, and bloom from within. I'm Alexa, a writer, producer, and EFT practitioner with a passion for all things metaphysical. And with me is my friend and co-host, Ambie. I'm Ambie, a physical therapy assistant, mom of three, an intuitive medium who has been communicating with the spirit world since the age of five. Some might call it woo-woo, but from our perspective, anything is possible, and we intend to normalize the abnormal by sharing our own life experiences as well as intuitive insights, channeled material, wisdom from special guests, and any other resources we believe will help our souls expand and thrive. Hello, all you bloomers. Welcome back once again. It's Friday. Woo! I'm Alexa. <laughs> and that was I'm Ambie. Hi, everybody. And hi. How are you doing? I'm doing how, really how good. Doing, how are you? Oh, you know I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> add this to like Like our... now, now we have accents. That's what I'm saying. Now add, that Michael's add this not to our here, list have, of accents. Yeah. yeah. We just need to be like loose and not on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> It's good. We could do other accents. I tried to do like an Irish accent and my kid was like, that sounds terrible. And I was like, nobody asked your opinion, lady. Okay. Irish accents are really difficult, honestly. So I'm going to need more time with that. Um, Well, we have a really special episode today. But before we get into that, let us thank our amazing Patreons. Whitney Kanaka, Tiffany Polito, Thea Cynthia De Silva, Tammy Lip, Sheena Bone, Sarah Meehan, Renee Hart, Nike, Mimi Avnita, Melanie Larson, Marlena Brazil, Mandy Ford, Lisa Perez, Nina Sadler, Kellyanne Bates, Kasha, Jamie Witch, Jamie McMahon, Jamie Edwards, Heather Kiefer, Grace, Dana McFadden, Cheyenne Carroll, Charm City Foster Mama on Instagram, Karen Miranda, Alex Ledieri, and Adonica Haskell. You guys are the best. Ambie was just doing a little um, dance to your names. Yeah. And the way you say it, it's like rhythmic. It's, and so I'm I telling you, it's turning it. into a rap, I swear. I like um, <laughs> thank you so, so much for all of your support. We love you so much. And um, today, so last week was the last week, uh, last Friday was the last Friday of our um, March series, Money March, that we had with Leela Veronica, where she was. You know, every Friday she would come into our show and give us a new download and a new kind of like lesson and learning on um, on money and how to work with money and how to make money and how to think about money and all that. So we had such a good experience with that and such good feedback to that that we were like, let's keep doing this. Like, let's keep – let's bring on more topics. Let's bring on more experts for these Friday shows. So um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so shortly after that, um, I actually found um, – or I on the other podcast, Positive Head, that I host on Fridays, um, I met uh, someone named Colleen Coles and she, um, she is a relationship expert. And as soon as we did our interview, I was like, whoa, like – Inner Bloom needs this. Like we need way more of this. Um, so this would be awesome for April. And so today is the first Friday of April and we have Colleen here with us. Um, so Colleen is a purpose alignment coach. 
who helps women feeling stuck in their relationships, purpose, and intuitive power access their authenticity and connect to the divine to better serve others in their purposeful career and in meaningful relationships. She specializes in helping women unlock the root of codependent behavior, needing others to be happy before you could be happy, or the inability to leave an unhealthy relationship, as well as having clarity in what's stopping them from knowing their true purpose. Through her energetic healing techniques, she helps uproot uproot the blocks that keep you stuck from living out your bigger potential and heal trauma that has been locked in your body for years. Colleen has been doing this work for four years and is a certified life coach through the Divine Living Academy and is a level two graduate from Gabrielle Bernstein's Spirit Junkie Masterclass. Hi, Colleen. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks so much for having me. Oh my gosh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for being willing to do this. We are so excited about this because honestly, yes, victory. Because <laughs> honestly, I I mean, I'm sorry guys, I'm speaking for all of us here, but I, I really feel like <laughs> I really feel like the one area besides money that we could all definitely level up in is yep. relationships. Just saying. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I agree. I'm just laughing over here because I'm like, amen, sister. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, yeah. Colleen, so happy to have you here. And, you know, obviously would love to always start with, you know, your story. Like where you been, where you where you come from. Where you, where you, you been, girl? Yeah. <laughs> where you been, what you been doing, who you been talking to. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, how you got to be working within this field. Cool. Amazing. So, um, so right now I coach women around purpose and relationships and doing that through connecting to themselves again, getting rid of the codependent blocks and tapping into their truer self, their authenticity and their intuition. And the whole reason I got into this was because, um, honestly, so my first memory ever uh, was, <laughs> was, and we're about to get deep. So I'm just letting you know. Um, so That's basically good. my first memory ever after really looking at everything. So my first memory ever was that, um, I was in my kitchen as a three-year-old and I had my dad sitting at the table and he had all this luggage around him. And I remember like not understanding what was really going on. Um, and basically I asked him what was happening. He said, I have to leave. And I was just like, no. And I was, I was like, my dad doesn't get it. Like he doesn't have to leave. And I can convince him that he doesn't have to leave. And so I was telling him like, no, dad, you don't have to go. And, you know, I felt his energy and I only realized this afterwards, like working with a, a spiritual mentor and going back into this. But um, really sensing his disempowerment and his disappointment and his feelings of like wanting to stay but not being able to and it being way beyond my comprehension. And he didn't end up leaving. And um, that was my first memory. And so from that point, I made this newfound commitment to never wanting to get a divorce. So basically, that's what happened was my parents got a divorce when I was three. And I think it's really interesting when we talk about subjects or experiences like that that are really, really common, um, but for the individual can be so um, profound or painful, you know, even though it's a normal occurrence. Because honestly, that shaped 
really the curriculum of my life and what I'm here to learn and overcome. But all that being said, um, that was my first memory. And I made a commitment to never getting a divorce. I just didn't want that. I didn't want to put kids through it. And I remember as like a third grader, just laying in my bed praying, like God, like every single night, just God, I just don't want to get a divorce. Like I never want to get a divorce. And after a while I had this sense of like, all right, Colleen, we get it. Like we hear you, like you don't have to keep playing this record. But I didn't know how. I didn't know how to guarantee having that feeling of love and stability and unconditional support in a relationship until I hit freshman year of high school. And um, so I remember I went to a Catholic high school, an all-girls Catholic high school. That was my background was being Catholic. Um, and I remember freshman year, there was a speaker that came and he was super cool, uh, really down to earth. And he talked to us about not having sex until marriage. And the way that he spoke about it was so with it, so fun, um, so logical and so grounded in this deeper sense of you have so much to offer. Do not let it go for anybody. Mm-hmm. And in that auditorium, I remember having this sense of, of clarity and coming to understand like, oh my God, this could be my ticket. This is it. This is how I don't get a divorce. This is what God has called me to do to not get a divorce. And I left that auditorium. Everybody else was just going to lunch and doing their things. But I felt I had this whole new life and in vitality. And I remember looking at these trees in the courtyard and I remember them just glistening in the wind and feeling for the first time in my entire life that like God was all around me and that they were shimmering for me, Mm -hmm. that I was just so connected. I was like, this is it. And so from that point, I was dedicated to not having sex before marriage, telling everybody about why they shouldn't, even my mom, who had obviously (laughs) 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 Oh, gosh. Yeah. So a little much, but college was when I realized like, okay, this is when the rubber hits the road, going to an all girls Catholic school. It's not that hard, but you know, a public university, I was like, okay. And what was so interesting, you guys was like, I did date, like I had a boyfriend the first semester and then the second semester and then a year later. So I was dating a lot. But what I noticed that actually served me at that time was this sense of, I have integrity, I have boundary, and you will not enter my world unless you fit it. So we are not considered boyfriend, girlfriend um, until we say so, and we are not kissing until then. Like anything he wanted, it was like I had this castle guard of me being like, fuck you if you think you're going to get that. Like Mm -hmm. just this badass bitch in there of (laughs) saying like, no, you can't like, I know you want it and no. So that was actually a really empowering piece. What wasn't was sometimes feeling like I was missing out or um, I can't, I don't know, I, I can't be totally myself. And also it was always a bummer because each person I dated as cool as they were always missed a certain thing I was looking for. Like they always had so many cool interests or personality things I was wanting, but I hadn't found that soulmate yet. 
So I was like, oh, like he could be great, but I don't know. And 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 my sister and I um, had this joke where the clock struck three, where we'd get into these these rom- romantic relationships. It would be great, but something would happen around three months that like a red flag would go up, and it was just like I I could ignore this, but like I'm feeling really called not to be in this relationship, and I gotta cut it. So I couldn't figure out why I kept having these shorter relationships. Um, now looking back, I think there wasn't a, a sexual biological uh, cord. So that was very helpful. But it was still just so frustrating because I kept seeing and learning from these relationships, but being so sad and like I was missing out on wanting to find that one. Mm-hmm. Right. So fast forward a little bit. I went through counseling. I felt like that's something I even want to talk about today of like a really great way to make sure you're even attracting in the right people. Um, but that helped me. And anyway, okay. So, um, this is like the whole story, long story, short ish. We're in the middle. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I um, got the chance. I majored in elementary education and I got the chance to student teach out of state. And I went to North Carolina where I had um, some family and I went on this date and it turned out to be a really crappy date because he was the first person that like literally left the date because I wasn't willing to sleep with him. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like shit's getting real. Oh my God. What if this is the rest of the world? And like, it was, it was terrible. Like I, it was so sad, but what was interesting about that date was he, he and I were talking about traveling on the East coast. And I was like, yeah, I saw this weird place called Charlottesville and it looked super hokey and dumb. Like, I don't think I'd want to visit. He was like, no, you got to go. There's music and it's like culture and it's small, but it's really fun. You should so go. I was like, oh, interesting. Well, that date flopped. But towards the end of my semester student teaching, um, I was like, okay, I have one more weekend. Where should I go? And I was like, oh, let's pop into Charlottesville. Okay. So I drove to Charlottesville and it was like, as soon as I touched ground, I knew there was something different. And just being there 32 hours, I just felt again, like that similar feeling of this was made for me. Like Mm. it was odd, just how many synchronicities and how there was so many things in alignment with my values and what I was wanting that I felt so lit up. And I was like, I got to move here when I graduate. And I was talking to it with my family and just being like out of control, excited. And they're like, okay, can you just like take it outside for a second? Like, come back. (laughs) Like, take this rocket ship and blow up later over there. Come back. But I was so lit up. So what I did was I went back to Arizona, where I'm from, graduated, worked one summer, packed up a car I bought three days before I was planning on leaving. And I left and moved to Charlottesville, Virginia. So. Yeah. So it just felt like a calling and I just really wanted to go. I had some doubts. I, people didn't know where that was. Like they had never heard of it, but I still had enough in me to keep wanting to go. So I did. And there were little miracles in that too, um, to show me like, yes, yes. Anyway. So I go to Charlottesville. I'm there. And you know, it's so funny. Everybody kept saying like, Oh, you know what they say about Virginia, Virginia's for lovers. And that was just my whole focus was like feeling this completion from another person. Um, and feeling that I had met my soulmate that I had been preparing for for so long because every relationship up till then, I wasn't really having, allowing myself to totally have fun in. It was always like an audition to see if Mm. they were one. So, um, 
I get to Charlottesville, I start working, I'm serving at a restaurant, I'm substitute teaching, but this person is not coming. And I was very frustrated. And I remember it was so lonely. It sucked so bad. But I remember finally, like in February, after being there about six months, that I was up in my car, sitting on a hill in a church parking lot, watching the sunset. And I remember just feeling so defeated. Like, was I really listening to the right guidance? Like, what was I really doing there? Nothing was falling into place. Like, I thought everything would fall into place if you follow your guidance, right? Like, what the heck? And I totally <laughs> felt at that time, like, I wanted to, to find this one. Like, I had waited and I had uh, just prepared and, and all these things weren't working. And so as I'm watching the sunset, I'm like, God, look, I don't know what else to do. I've shown up. This is terrible. You got six months. <laughs> and You're I'm on the out, clock, like, God. Yeah. <laughs> and and so that was the deal. And I felt like this sense of like, you're on, like we're assured here and, and you got six months or I'm going back home. And it was interesting what shifted from that because it wasn't that I, you know, was always now waiting for God actually like I had been. Like, God, I'm ready. God, send him to me. I'm ready. But in me, I was like, fuck, I got six months. Like, mm-hmm. I got to get busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I went and got into meetups. I started branching out of this Catholic structure and going to different churches and exploring that. Got into this super cool meditation practice where I was feeling this cool breeze on my hands and my crown chakra and opening that side of myself and also just dating like crazy. And I was, for the first time, just having such a blast and being like, yes, you can pay for that dinner. This is dating. Like, just so much fun. And all of a sudden, I went to a party that a coworker had invited me to. I was really resistant to going, but I go, I meet this very cool guy. I start to talk with him. I'm like, what's your story? And the next day, so everybody slept at the house and I was there too. Um, <laughs> and me and this dude started making out over some Captain Morgan, like <laughs> after getting each other, but The next day I was like, wait, did we really connect? And I feel something might be different. Um, But it wasn't until he was saying goodbye to me and we were ready to kiss and we did kiss. And what I noticed was that the same feeling I had on my hands when I would meditate, this like cool breeze actually also came through within our lips. That's cool. Yeah, and it was just the most beautiful thing. And and with and I thought it was different. I thought something might be different here, even though it was really simple. And as we kept getting to know each other, what was so funny was just that he was the compilation of everything I liked out of those boyfriends I had. Mm. But he didn't have the missing thing. Yeah. <laughs> All the cool things. And then I felt and more and I didn't have to settle. And what was also funny was once I started to get to know him, I remember calling my mom and I was telling her all about this stuff and how the synchronicities were happening. I was so excited. And I was like, man, I sound just how I did when I talked about moving to Charlottesville. Mm. So it was this coming full circle moment of just realizing pretty quickly, like, I think I found this person. My energy is showing it. And guess what? That happened even within one month. (laughs) 
Mm. (laughs) After that little commitment. So things can move fast. I think when we get clear and take back our power to, I think, not look outside of ourselves for the answer, but like, what do I want just in me? Like, what Mm. do I want to experience and not put so much pressure on whether this is right or wrong or whatever. So anyway, all of that being said, that was about six years ago. We just celebrated our six year anniversary together and uh, it's going. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. So I say all that because I, in my coaching world, like the next chapter was finding purpose and that's what I started focusing on. But the people I helped, I realized also needed relationship help. And that was something I forgot was my main focus for so long that I had worked on and now incorporate because how we do one thing is how we do everything. So when there's a block in our relationship world, there's also going to be a block in expressing our true authenticity. And so when you kind of help and heal one, you help and heal the rest. So that's what I do now. That's why I care. And (laughs) there's the story. So I love it. (laughs) And I, Bless you, Ambie. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. And I love it what you just said, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything because that, <clears throat> that's something that our last uh, last month's speaker who we were just talking about, uh, Leela, she was said about money quite a bit, like how you receive one thing is how you receive everything, right? So mm-hmm. if you're not able to receive uh, a compliment, for example, then it's going to be hard for you to receive money. And so I feel like this is like a very common theme and I love how it's applying to this topic, which is yeah, how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? And so how you <laughs> – so how you do um, – yeah, and, and how relationships really really do relate to a lot, a lot of uh, different areas of life. Um, could you like speak a little more to that actually? Yeah, specifically how – yeah, I will. So – um, so continuing this journey here, the, the, the core message I want to st- tell with this, this story, this continuation of the journey is that when we allow ourselves to turn on the energy in which like we'll turn on a relationship that also, that's our creative power. And that's what also will turn on for the rest of our life and for the rest of our segments in our life, like our career and our creativity and our health. Um, and so basically, uh, even though I waited till my partner, Michael, um, it's so funny because I thought that I would feel free. I would ready, like be ready to go. But when we actually committed to being together, I didn't feel that way. I still felt really guilty when it came around sex. I felt um, it was wrong and I felt frozen in my body. Like I, I, I wasn't allowed to turn on. And what I realized was in the past, anytime anything physical would be good with a, a partner or with one of those boyfriends, I'd tell myself to stop. Like I'd see a stop sign in my mind. And so <laughs> there's one example right there of where else could that be playing out in my life? Mm. Oh, well, so you mean whenever I get really close to a new career goal, there's something inside that says stop because I'm turning on too much. And then I might do something to really have it be a fulfilling prophecy, self-fulfilling prophecy and let it crumble or not show up or something like that. 
And it wasn't until uh, November 2017 when I realized for myself and for my relationship with Michael that something had to change. Because even though we were functioning like three and four years in, I I felt like something was really missing. I felt myself getting attracted to other people. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't want to do that. But when I looked at it, I was like, our sex life really sucks. And mm. we're not even spending a lot of time with each other. We have to solve this. So um, as like a Christmas gift and prompted by me really urging, I studied Tantra. And Tantra is the study of sacred sexuality, the yoga or the union with God within sex and another person. And as much as I studied it with it for a year and a half, it was interesting because I'm still embodying it and that's my work now. <laughs> but conceptually, I learned things that I never considered before. And are, is the audience and like you listening, are, are, are you all familiar with chakras? Yes, Should I like- very much. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. So. Cool, cool, cool. So. so the whole like root chakra and sacral chakra of creativity and um, stability and sex and money – all of those, if we have shame around that, that cannot raise the fire to allow the energy to go up to then fuel our heart, our intuition, our connection with God. And I remember the first summer, um, I actually was kind of away from my college and Catholic scene and just living on my own and starting to date. I was really learning about the chakras at that time. And I was doing this meditation that kind of cleared the chakras from the top to the bottom and the bottom to the top. And as soon as they reached my root chakra, I was like, there's nothing there. I like, there's nothing. I can't get it down past it. And it just felt like nothing was available until finally I was doing it enough and consistently. I felt my whole like sphincter and hips open up Hmm. and I hadn't even realized how contracted it had been, Hmm. but it was so tight because it was even my identity of like, this is who I am. And like, I have so much righteousness from this and it was hard as F. So like, yeah, there was like power in saying I did something other people couldn't do. But at the same time, it was so severing from the power and energy that was within my hips, that was within the earth, that was within my humanity. And when we cut that off, what I learned later from Tantra and the late Psalm Isadora was that that is the rocket fuel for the rest. And there's this other concept called the sexual feminine psychological split, where from a very early age, we learn as women specifically that if you get turned on, that's not okay for the rest of society, right? And so when we have that experience, that's something separate from who you are. It needs to go into a container in the bedroom. And if you have that outside of that, that's not appropriate. And there's a shame as if there's this invisible belt around our waist. That's like, no, can't feel that. And the truth is that energy, if you, so like to your point, Alexa, like how we do one thing is how we do everything is that like if you feel shameful for being creative in yourself, you cannot go and do the freaking blog you want to go write. You cannot because you will feel that shame come up. You can't feel that groundedness and the stability that the universe has your back 
if you feel like I have to do this on my own because you're not grounded within your hips if you're cut off. This is, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) This is the most synchronistic. Every single thing you just said is literally, it's blowing my mind because, okay, can I just share really quick? Like, this is crazy. (laughs) So, okay, a couple things. There's like three synchronicities that are all connected into what you just said. So one is I've had a problem with my hip for the past week and a half, and I've never had an issue. Like, I've never had this type of kind of pain in my back or in my hip before ever. Like where it's like, I'd like to work out as much as possible. Like I literally can and I haven't been able to. And I went to the chiropractor yesterday and she just, you know, she was working on my hip and it felt better. And then today it was kind of back. Um, So one, the, just the hip thing that you're talking about is, and okay. And so then, then moving into, you know, what I've been working on within myself this past week is power, like my own empowerment dissolving money, dissolving old money stories, um, and really like allowing my creativity to come back in a way that like I don't continuously shut it down with like, oh, my logic, right? Like, but being like, oh, that's a stupid idea because da, da, da. Like I I noticed all these patterns recently of ways that I, I really shut down these ideas I have or ideas other people have, ideas Andy has sometimes because I'm like, no, like, it's like trying to keep it safe and small and just not allowing it to breathe and just, you know, go. So it's really crazy because this past week in particular, I've been hyper-focused on that change in myself and on working on that and I'll pushing forward and on breaking through any of these upper limits that I've like set for myself. And this morning I woke up and I had this download in my head the second I woke up and it was about money. And the download was, and I shared this in our private Facebook group, in our Inner Bloomers Facebook group. It was, I was remembering how, um, okay, there's certain scenarios in my life that, for example, my cousin got married a couple of months ago. Weddings cost a lot of money. It costs like more money than I even knew that I had at the time. But when that scenario popped into my life, it was like, in my mind, I was like, well, of course I'm going to do that. And of course the universe is going to support me on that. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's a, that's be, I'm being there for my cousin. That's being a good person. So of course the universe will support me and I'm not worried because I'll put the money forward and the universe will reimburse me because of course it would want to support me in something like that. But then I, re, then I was thinking about other scenarios where it's like, oh, well, I just want to go shopping because I want some new clothes. And I feel like there's a different energy associated with that, which is like the universe – in my head, the universe is like, well, that's kind of – that's not really for anything. That's just for you. And so why would we – it felt like I was on my own. That's what I was realizing about the energy. It feels like I'm unsupported. You're on your own with that. So I shared that in the group and how I realized that was just a label that I'd put on both scenarios in my head. One is good, so therefore I'm supported. One is bad or not great, not for other people, so therefore unsupported. And as I was re-watching the video back, I I saw that – the way that I was seeing the universe as the universe supports me here for something that's good for others or for a really good reason, but for here, something that I see as frivolous, um, I'm on my own. I realized that's how I see, that's how I saw my parents when I was younger, like that my parents really supported something that was for a really good reason. But then if it's something that's just like, oh, you just want that just because then I'm on my own with it. And I never wanted to be on my own. And that was a lot of word vomit, but truly like every single thing you just said just plugged in right there to everything I've been 
experiencing this past week. And I also am wondering truly like what what is this hip thing about and is it just pain of moving forward and pushing through this and resistance that I have. So that's for you. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to leave you with that. That's for you to sort through. (laughs) Okay, great. Let me know when you're done. I'll come back. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's That's so interesting that you said that, though, because I have – oh. I've got a lot of issues with with sexuality and things like that. So that's why I actually reached out to you. I was like, perhaps I need to work with Colleen personally because that I cannot get myself to write a blog to save my life. Like literally, if someone put a gun to my head, I'd be like, I don't want to do it. And I can't figure out why I just don't want to do it. I've been getting this urge for what, like six months now, Alexa? It's been a while that I should do a blog. And every time I sit down and I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm going to do it. And it, I'm just like, no, I'm just going to go on Facebook and scroll through that. Time's up. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. Or um, really anything to – I can do things for the podcast. I can do things um, for Purium. But when it comes to like doing things to help book more readings – Nope. And if people have met with me and have given me like list out tools, this is what you need to do. And I just haven't done that. It's just crazy. Yeah. Why do you feel like you haven't done that? Um, is that okay? Yeah. I feel like it's the same reason why I haven't, I have one bra, literally one bra, which is really super (laughs) embarrassing (laughs) that I'm sharing with everybody because it's like, well, it's not that important. Like I'll just, I'll just wear something else. Or I have, I have lots of, I literally have lots of sports bras and I wear those most of the time. So I don't need another bra Mm -hmm. and I have Purium and I have the podcast and I don't need more readings. Like it's fine. I'm not important basically is what, is what I'm feeling. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. And not like, I feel like this heaviness in my heart because I can really relate to that. And also it's like the thing sometimes we think is the cause of that isn't always the cause. So to bring it back to Alexa's example, you know, it sounds like Alexa, you felt like this is just the way it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like clearly the universe is going to support me in doing this great thing for other people. And of course, I'm going to be reimbursed. Of course, there's more than enough. Of course, I'm going to go. And yet then you're like, I want to go shopping. Well, where's the energy? I don't feel it. This Mm. might not be right. AK, the universe doesn't support this. So I should not do that. Mm -hmm. And I love how you, your brain is exploding with these amazing (laughs) revelations. Because, because the thing that I have found as well is that even if we think that's the way the universe is working and we're learning from the universe in that way, when we dig a little deeper, it's actually what we learned from who we thought the universe was when we first got onto the planet. And that was mom and dad. And so when we go deeper, it's like, that's when you see, Oh God, like, yeah, I like, I even. Oh no. that was really the best 
fit for me. And the reason I bring that up is because, like I said, it felt like everything was aligning, which I do believe it was. And there is something I needed to learn through doing that for myself. And at the same time, when I worked on this stuff with, with coaches or my own revelations too, what I realized was like, I didn't want my dad to leave. And I was willing to do whatever it took to not have him quote unquote leave. But that wasn't God, that was my dad, right? So I just say that to say, like, for you, Ambie, yeah, it's not about the bra. Yeah. It's about, right? Like, and I think that's interesting. You've distinguished that, you know, I'm fine doing it for Purium. I'm fine doing it for the podcast. I'm not fine doing it for myself because then it's personal. And so I would be interested to see where did that shame come from? Where did you understand and believe that it's not okay to do things and promote myself because I'm worth it. I but know right where I came from. I'm just not comfortable sharing it on the podcast. You go, girl. So <laughs> that's why we talk. But um, <laughs> what I wanted to share something with you guys, and it was something I read really recently, but I think it speaks to this topic. And um, it's from A Course in Miracles, which I've quoted in the past on the Positive Heads um, episode we did. But it's kind of like, again, how we do one thing is how we do everything. So if we have shame around our humanity or around our creativity and what we want to express or we believe it's not enough, that is what will stop us from bringing it out into the world. And this is a really cool quote. So I think it will spur some conversation. So um, when I thought of this for this podcast, too, I thought about a lot of women and a lot of people who might be listening to this right now and how I think there's a pattern for a lot of women, especially sexually active, like, because again, I didn't have that, but I had a lot of friends that would stay in relationships way too long, or maybe they would reach that three month mark and be still in it for another two years and then regret it and then feel weird. And then like Mm -hmm. more stuff and baggage from that but that it would continue. And so sometimes I think when we stay in relationships, we know aren't right, or whether it's more authentic um, work in the world related of bringing ourselves out, it's all related. And and here we go. So A Course in Miracles, this is from a chapter um, 15, the holy instant littleness versus magnitude. And it says when, and Course in Miracles is a metaphysical text. So there you have it. Um, When you strive for anything in this world in the belief that it will bring you peace, you're belittling yourself and blinding yourself to glory. So with that, my background is in codependency, which is thinking somebody else is your source of happiness. And in so many other modalities like um, Buddhism and in meditation, like we understand attachment can be a cause of suffering. Or it's when we think something outside will bring us happiness that we do get disappointed. So that can get a little tricky, though, for people who feel like they're unworthy. Because, Ambi, we could say, oh, it's not about the bra. Don't worry about the bra. You're attached to the bra. But I'm thinking, wait, but why does she want it? Yeah. <laughs> why do you want it? Why do you want more than one bra? Like a nice- um, Because I want... Because I genuinely hate that bra, actually. <laughs> Every time I put it on, I'm like, ah, oh, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't fit anymore. It's like, it's not name brand, which is stupid, but it doesn't matter because that's how I feel. 
And yeah, I just don't like it. It doesn't bring me joy. Doesn't bring you joy. It sounds like it's actually bringing you down. It is. And what do you feel like a new bra that was name brand, comfortable, really special would do for you? You want to hear something crazy? Yes. I don't think it exists. <laughs> okay. So if it did exist, yeah. what do you feel the concept of this bra would do for you? Why do you want that? Because <sighs> um, it'll make me feel good. It will, um, it'll make me feel empowered and it'll fit nicely and I'll have more than one option, which is nice. Um, and it'll also make me feel like I have enough abundance to get a new bra if I want to get a new bra just out of nowhere, just on a whim. It's a lot of like, I feel like there's also this, this. And I'm changing the subject because I'm uncomfortable. But I feel like there's also this shame with moms as far as like, I'm going to go buy my kids stuff and I'll worry about me last. And that's part of where it comes from too. I just dropped $400 on um, clothes for my kid for one child because he needs new clothes. But I can't spend 40 bucks on a bra. Right. So love it. So we're noticing one, it's not about the bra. Yeah. It's about the mentality. And this yeah. actually goes to your example too, Alexa. It's kind of a bit as if the cousin married wedding situation is the kid here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So, so of course it's else. fine for mm -hmm. someone else. And, but when it's for me, not okay. And so Amy, to reflect back to you, what I heard that bra would make, would, would, would mean to you, because this is the second thing. It's not about the bra. It's about what it means to you and what you think it'll do it for. So, so. <laughs> What's up, Alexa? What do you want to say? Alexa wants Sorry, to Sorry, I just had this realization and I feel like I'm going to write it down. I'm going to write it down. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Really quick. So this is about, we're all about to get our heads blown, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what I heard you I say. I love it. Like 20 minutes in and I'm like, oh my God, take notes. Go ahead. <laughs> So freedom, expression, empowerment, yeah. Yeah. having choice, yeah, right? Like that's way more than the bra, right? And so I say that to, to talk to this point about how it is that we feel within and then how it's actually the root and stemming in all these different ways, whether it's a bra, whether it's how you put your child first, which whatever, but this is... So if I feel like going to you, Alexa, there's more to this quote I want to read, which is the juice. Okay. And okay. I feel like it's time for you oh, to talk. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this is group therapy. I love it. I literally it really feel like is. I just decoded my child my whole life right here. So I realized with my example about like um, it's not okay to spend on myself, but it is okay to spend on other people. I just like felt into that a little more and I got – I'm scared to spend on myself because I'm worried that right after I do that, somebody else will need something from me and then I'll be like, oh no, I spent it all on myself so I have nothing to give you. So it's like a fear that like spending on myself me, or you know, investing that in myself means I will have nothing for others and I'm more afraid of having nothing for others than nothing for myself. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Why would um... – when was the first time you felt that way? 
Um, well, it does make me think back to like my dad, which I talked about in the, the positive head episode with you. Um, and just in terms of energy, not in terms of money. Um, just, you know, when I was younger, he needed a lot from me energetically. And so, and I mean, all throughout my, all throughout my child and my parents, it felt like they needed, that's what I, that's the first thing that pops into my mind. Needing to, needing, needing energy for someone else, not for myself. Great. So what would happen, what would have happened if you didn't have that energy available to give your parents when you were a child? Um, well, it was when I was really, it was when I was really young, but what I think would have happened would be, or what I think I would have thought in that situation being so young is that, um, kind of, as we talked about before, that something would have happened to my dad, like that he wouldn't be okay. And then if he wasn't okay, I wouldn't be okay. Right. Because he's my caretaker. So, so that's boom. So that's why it's such almost a visceral experience in your body. That's in your nervous system. And that's why even if, for example, you were to approach them all and ready to buy something, maybe your palms would sweat. And Ambie, I think your example of like doing something for you and like, today's the day I'm going to make my blog. I'm going to go on Facebook. Like there's something in your nervous system that's stopping you, making you feel like it is unsafe to shine. And it always comes, right? And it, And it always comes back to a certain memory or like you said, Alexa, not chronic, but a continual conditioning of like, if I want to feel safe, this is what I need to do. And so this makes a lot of sense to me because uh, like, I almost want to say just like everybody listen to the positive heads number 900 so that they can get that back. And And we also in this series will cover more depth of this, but today is kind of that introduction. So basically what we need to know in order to really shift the blocks we see is where it's coming from and why. And so when we get clear how for you, Alexa, that, you know, as a kid, it felt like I needed to give all this energy to my parents. And if I didn't, my dad would not be okay. Right. But what would happen if your dad wasn't okay? I would not be okay. I would not survive. And that's life or death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, boom, it's, it's now what's really cool for everybody is that that fear will continue to stay strong and stay as a wall for you and being a conditioned container until you take an action that shows it, it is not real because right now it's, in your body telling you, if I go do something for me, I might not have enough for another person to give. And if I don't have enough to give for another person, I might die. I might not make it. And they'll leave me, which means death. So basically, it's saying, if I go do something I want for me, I could die. Mm, yeah. And that's why it's so hard. Yeah. Right? And so here's the cool thing for everybody to take away and apply to their own thing that's going on is to say, what is the action that would make that prove that's not true? As soon as we take that action, that's going to feel so scary, but bust through that thought that says, if I do this, I will die. It, that fear has nothing to stand on. Mm-hmm. It will literally fall away. 
because we have broken past the paradigm and past the cage that we have put ourselves in or we have adopted because it, it can't say you died because you're going to still be alive. And Paulina was not ready for you today. <laughs> I will tell you right now. I was not ready for this shit. Keep Go going. ahead. It's good. It's so good. Keep going. It's so okay. good. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, like it's even talking about my relationship past too. This isn't something I usually talk about. Like it's really not. I do it in sessions when people are like, oh, by the way, my boyfriend. I'm like, okay, yeah. let's go. Let me tell but, you. But um, anyway, so Alexa, I feel like for you, it would be to go shopping. Yeah. And I, oh, it like that. It's like I did just go. It really tight. My body really tight. Like on the left side of my body around my heart. It's like, Um, I don't like going shopping. Like I like shopping. Here's the thing. I like shopping. I do all my shopping from home on Amazon where it's safe and where I can return everything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually just had this like this weekend. I woke up and I had this idea in my mind of these really nice jeans, which I've never – I also posted about this in the group, but whatever, you guys. Um, You're going to hear it again, You're going to hear it again. Um, whatever. I've never had a pair of actually like nice jeans. I've never invested even more than a hundred dollars on a piece of clothing on myself ever, ever. Because in my mind, the second I would go to do that, I'd be like, that makes no sense. I would, I should just buy five pieces of clothing that are $20 each or something like that. Cause that makes so no sense. It was a paradigm from probably your parent, maybe your mom. Definitely. And my dad, totally. And also, it's kind of a safer thing. It's like it's way safer to do that because I don't have more, so I won't have to worry about getting more later. Yeah, it's definitely like it's a strategy thing. So I woke up and my partner was like, "What do you want to do today?" I was like, "I want to go buy a pair of really nice jeans." And he loves the finer things in life. Like he loves, like he lo- he's like totally, like totally, you know, whatever. So uh, we went to this really nice area in Philly and he kept saying, where do you want to go? And then finally I saw this boutique, this store that I know is expensive and I walked in and I know has jeans and I walked in and I found this pair of jeans and it was $225. And for me, like at first I picked it up and I put it back all of a sudden. I was like, wait, okay, I don't know. And then I walked around a little bit more and then I suddenly was like, wait, no, this is why you came here to do this. You came here to buy these expensive jeans. Why are you putting them back now? So I got them. I went into the fitting room. I put them on and it was literally like I put on a magic glove. Like it was like I never felt so good. It changed the whole feeling in my body. Like it felt like love, like literally. So I like them so much. I literally was like, cut the tags off here. I'm wearing them out of the store. I don't even want to go near the jeans I had on. I just want to wear these. And um, and it just changed my whole vibration that day. I like had like a whole different experience that night meeting all these amazing people. Like it was just changed the trajectory of my day. So it felt awesome. But now it's like I'm sitting here. I'm like, I want more. I'm Okay. I want more or like how can I get more? And then I, I'm looking in my bank account and I'm then I'm starting to stress already again, like over it. So mm. my question is not over what I already purchased, but more so over like, well, how do I keep doing this? And like right. so mm. my question to you is if my anti- – not my antidote, but the paradigm shifter is to go shopping. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like – Totally. This is going to like go shopping habit. and spend all my money and see that I'm still alive. <laughs> like what if right. you get what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. It's funny. So 
again, it's not in the genes. So if you took that action and you already saw results, mm-hmm. it sounds like, I mean, right. The fr- And like, look, between intuition and ego, intuition is usually the first. And when we're open and ego comes after with the intellect and logic, trying to figure out the future when it cannot. So it sounds like from your experience, it wasn't like you put the jeans on, it felt like crap, but you wanted and forced it. So you cut off the tags. You felt those jeans. It felt like love. It was a magic love. Like, boom, I'm going for it. I'm stepping into this now. Cut those tags. And what happened? You met amazing people. It changed the trajectory of your day. So this is almost like a microcosm for the macro, Mm. right? Like, this is what can happen when we take the steps out of the fear and do what we really want regardless. It's so, you know, personal growth and self-development does not always feel good. And that's what kept me stuck for a long time. I wasn't taking action on the scary things because I was like, well, it's supposed to feel good. I don't feel good. I'm backing away slowly. (laughs) But I just kept feeling stuck. And like, I wasn't reaching my potential until I started to take those actions past fear. So this is what I want to say to your question is that it's not about the jeans. It's not about the bra. And fuck, I will say, I did what you said. Don't do it. When I started my coaching program to get certified, that was her mentality was how much as women we hold ourselves back from our own empowerment through the paradigms in which we've learned to stay safe. And so I remember the first live event was in LA. I was on Venice Beach and I had this day to just be in Venice Beach. And I was walking around and I went through the store and there it was a it was a store called Open the Kimono. And they had <laughs> they had these handmade custom unique kimonos and I was just going through and it's so funny because I saw this red one with beautiful flowers and I just loved it and it was $225 which is so funny but I had never felt it would be okay to do that because I was brought up in the same mentality who let's chase it back my mom's mom grew up in the depression like Mm -hmm. that's why those things carry through it doesn't mean it's right or wrong it's just how we've been taught so I broke through it by buying the kimono And I did it and I felt great. And it just led to the floodgates opening. And I bought all this stuff that year. (laughs) I maxed out every credit card. Like, I was like, I love this. (laughs) However, it did not go too well. And in the long run, not to say that one, not to say that like, those were wrong. I think it was really just me coming back to center by going to the other Mm. stream. Yeah. Right. So to, to come back here again, I don't think I would have needed to keep doing that. I think that just became the next addiction. (laughs) That just became the next thing that I felt would keep me safe. That would keep me feeling loved. And that's why people do drugs. That's why people have sex because they want that connection and that, that vulnerable intimacy that we're longing for where look like nobody could probably explain how you felt in those genes and it was magic and it was unexpected and it was like, right, let's have more. And so what I'm saying with that is to find your next limit. Don't just keep buying the stuff unless that keeps being a scary move for you. And sometimes fear comes up when we don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. So if you're freaking out about the money now, okay, good. Then then save up and then have a budget for that and then go crazy. 
like mm-hmm. within your budget, but like, it's not about the genes. It's how anybody could become addicted or codependent, aka dependent on something outside of yourself as your source of happiness or as your source of security to anything, to anything, mm-hmm. to a man, to a woman, to genes, to money, whatever. And that's how it comes up in my life. Like when I started my business, I just kept relying on these clients like they were my life. But what I realized was, again, it just came back to that first memory of like, wait, my dad left me. What is dad equal? Abundance, security. He left. I have to get him back. I have to convince you why you need to stay. Yeah. Right. So it's like, holy shit, I'm doing this to my clients. Know that if they do not show up, that's their fault. Like there's separation. It doesn't mean anything. But I'm saying all that to say, too, like even with kids, like we can get real codependent on kids. I had a client who um, we had been working for a while together and she's like, I don't know what we want to talk about today. I don't, I don't either, but let's find out. And she started bringing up her child and we got to this place where she finally asked me, is it possible to be codependent on your children? And I was like, yes. If you think that mm-hmm. them being happy is going to make you happy. So then anytime they're sad, you're like, Oh my God, what's wrong? No, don't feel sad. Like, you're not giving them the empowerment to know they can handle a bad feeling mm-hmm. and also relying your own happiness and cord to uh, them to help you feel happy and safe. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we can get codependent or feeling like something outside of us needs to come through to make ourselves feel stable and secure. But the fact is we already have it within us and it's funny, like, so I'm pregnant right now, and I had all these paradigms come up that I was not aware I had, all these struggles with it at first, and one was that I didn't want to lose my identity. That's why I didn't bring it up to, like, my online community for five months, because I was like, I just wanted to keep talking about what I want to talk about, yeah. and I had this feeling like, oh, now I have to cut my hair to get a buzz cut, like, I have to get the- <laughs> I totally made sense in my head, but, like, it- like I remember my mom, she cut her hair, right, like, when you were Maybe. Yeah. and like all these little stupid rules like anyway oh, why do you cut your wait let's circle back why do you cut your hair when you have the baby is it so they won't grab it yeah I mean that's what I thought like, or it's easier yeah. maybe just yeah, you know, one last thing you have to deal with one less because it's so much yeah. and like I will tell you though I've had three kids and every single time I get pregnant I have this urge right before the baby comes to cut my hair don't do it okay <laughs> you'll regret it it will be a regret just and so I could you go know so deep in that because it's like okay it's uh, that's why we can usually feel regret is when we do things we don't really want to do but we do it because we think we have to or because somebody else wants it for us why because if they don't they could leave us and we feel not feel safe but anyway when regrets part of the picture that usually means we're not in alignment and we did something for other people rather than for ourselves yeah. yeah. So, Pregnancy hormones are a real thing too. Yeah, that too. yeah. That too. And the only reason, well, one of the reasons I was bringing this up, the whole climax of the story was that oh. I remember feeling, no, no, it's cool. Like feeling really weird that like now I'm pregnant and that's who I am. Now I'm a mom and that's who I am. But my husband was like, oh, it's not who you are. You're just carrying something. And I was oh, like, oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, carry something. I can carry a basket of apples. Yeah. And I'm not an apple. Like, yeah. I, I can carry this. Like, and even when it's here, you know, it's like anything in life when we see ourselves as whole and complete and as the epicenter of our universe, which we are, 
other things can start to revolve around us. It's when we look out and start to react to everything moving that we can get off center and feeling insecure or unstable. And that's even the definition of codependency is at the root of it. It's this lower self of, of, of self-esteem and um, feeling unstable being yourself and like you're not safe without somebody else. So that's why we get addicted into unhealthy relationships and it's because it goes back. But all that to say, like the best parenting, and I feel like the best way to even make our dreams happen is for when we become mama duck and we walk and do the things and we're saying, I'm getting the jeans, like no matter what, the money can come after and all the little ducks, all the fires, all the things that needed to get in place will start to go in place. It's when we put the kid or we put the client or we put the man or we put the clothes we buy in order and try to make it all like, Oh, well, I want to make sure you're okay. And I want to make like, they all scatter. And then we're all like all over the place. So does that make sense? It does. It does. And I literally wish we could talk about this for like five more hours because I feel like we could. And we're going to keep talking about it every week. But um, I have to jump off onto a call right now. And I know you guys have things too. Um, so we're going to wrap up for this week. But Colleen, will be back next Friday with more more goodness. And it's going to be awesome. This is awesome, Colleen. Like truly, I mean, Ambie and I are like <laughs> – I'm taking – I'm literally not even kidding, taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> as as we all should be. I think this is a super important important topic and, um, I, yeah, I feel like I got – Where can just, people find you, Colleen? Yes. Sorry to interrupt you. No, exactly. Where can people find you? Great. So they can find me at my website, ColleenColes.com. Um, right now there's a free gift there of a codependency – lecture I gave in another person's coaching program. Um, and that's there as a download right now. So callingcoles.com, other videos and stuff like that. Facebook and Instagram, Colleen Coles, C-O-L-L-E-E-N-C-O-L-E-S. Awesome. We'll put yeah. that those links in the show notes too. Thank so you. Then just click. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank May you so I? Yeah. You're welcome. I just I'm want- on your website now. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. It's working. Um, we've got work to do, Colleen. Buckle up, buttercup. All right. I just want to leave you with this quote. And even if we pick back up, yeah. but I think it's just so good in everything we've talked. So when this again is from A Course in Miracles, when you strive for anything in this world in the belief that it will bring you peace, you're belittling yourself and blinding yourself to glory. Yet, what you do not realize each time you choose is that your choice is your evaluation of yourself. Choose littleness and you will not have peace for you will have judged yourself unworthy of it. It is essential that you accept that fact and gladly that there is no form of littleness that can ever content you. You are free to try as many as you wish but all you will be doing is to delay your homecoming for you will be content only in magnitude, which is your home. Wow. Wow. Can we, you send us that? Yeah. I need to read that one a couple more times. I know. <laughs> that made my stomach hurt. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> that made my stomach hurt. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we could dive into what's blocking that. Yeah, seriously. Um, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> this you, was Colleen. amazing, Colleen, and we will see you next week. And until Ooh. next time, everyone, keep on blooming. We love you so much. Bye. Bye, everybody. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love, love, love it if you would give us a rating and review on Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to get in touch for a reading with Ambi, an EFT session with Alexa, or just to say what up, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can email us at innerbloompodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at innerbloompodcast. Until next time, remember, open your heart to the seeds of love and light and bloom from within. 